Could you be living in a pharmacy desert? You're listening to Please Explain with Emily Seja. So what exactly is a pharmacy desert? I recently spoke with UC Irvine's assistant clinical professor in the Department of Clinical Pharmacy Practice College of Health Sciences, Dr. Cheryl Wissek, in regards to UCI studies and being the first to link disparities in pharmacy deserts in California. Pharmacists are pharmacies like yours. Walgreens tells NBC, CVS says it's communities with no pharmacy within a one mile radius or communities that have limited vehicle access and no pharmacy within a half mile radius. Um, mm -hmm. So while the pharmacy desert is not a new concept, our study was the first to identify and characterize them in California within just LA County. Dr. Cheryl found that social determinants of health were a key concept of their study. So they're kind of what I would say are tangible and intangible resources that can affect your quality of life and your health outcomes. And depending on where you are, they can be they can enhance your life or they can be damaging to your life and your um, health, um, whether you're individual or you're talking about community or population health. So what we sought to do was to characterize the types of pharmacy deserts that we saw in LA County based on the social determinants of health since they affect everyone. So in our review of the literature, we found that there were studies that had existed um, that um, had not fully characterized the types of areas that were more than one mile from the nearest retail pharmacy. Um, so they identified deserts, but it was based on that compounded definition coming from the food desert. Um, and this kind of like limits the areas that were defined as deserts to that predefined socioeconomic factors. Um, and it may inappropriately exclude other areas that might be medication poor in regards to access, so based on other social factors, so going back to those social determinants of health. Um, such as linguistic isolation or um, access, the access to healthcare professionals or as in prescribers. So um, what makes our study different is that we define the deserts based on that one mile or greater away from a community pharmacy to identify them at the baseline in LA. And then we utilize those social determinants of health indicators from population data to explicitly characterize the types of deserts. They found that within the desert areas, Two statistically distinct groups of pharmacy deserts, type 1 and type 2, emerged from the analysis. Type 1 desert residents were living in areas that would potentially compound those negative effects of already being far from a pharmacy or having a shortage of services. They had a denser population, um, more non-Hispanic black, more Hispanic, more renters, more that spoke English as a second language, um, less vehicle ownership, more were living under the federal poverty level or living in areas with um, higher crime against property and people and um, more lacked health insurance and there were less health professionals to serve the area. So that was type one. But then on the other end, we found that there were also the type two deserts. The type two deserts are people who were living in areas which less of the residents lacked health insurance, less um, dense population overall. There were less Hispanic black a non-Hispanic black, less Hispanic, there were less renters, there were less people who spoke English as um, their second language at home, so more people speaking English as their first language, um, more people owned their own cars, there were less people who lived below the federal poverty level, and less were living in areas that had um, higher crimes against property and people, and then they had more health professionals to serve the area. So kind of like opposites. 
A retrospective analysis demonstrated that although there had been a reasonable growth in the number of pharmacies across the USA from 2007 to 2015, a majority of the pharmacies did not offer services that facilitated community prescription medication access. Coronavirus. COVID-19. Getting vaccinated. First dose. Make sure you get that second dose. While COVID-19 may have brought more light to pharmacy deserts, being that the pandemic made access to pharmacies even more difficult, the question stands, what can we, as members of society, do to help reduce pharmacy deserts? It's really about policy, about those of us who are in the pharmacy discipline to get behind those types of policies, um, work towards, you know, building health equity. And then also, you know, letting the community know what's going on and being able to have that community-based, one thing I'm also passionate about, community-based participatory um, in, um, research and engagement to, you know, bring some of these services back into the community or find innovative ways to, um, to build new services that increase access to medication and the services that come with them in Amoeba pharmacists. New research should explore the availability of medications in pharmacies as they pertain to disease burden and health outcomes within the county, as this can inform policy. Said research can lead to federal funding to develop, implement, and evaluate equity-based programs. Pharmacy business, local, and federal stakeholders should also consider the social determinants of health when planning market entry. Clinicians should consider federal funding for implementation of team-based innovative programs and networks that increase pharmacy and medication access for their patients. For Please Explain, I'm Emily Seha. Thank you for listening.